from Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm David Bolander, Assistant Editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. I would also like to thank our podcast sponsor, Guarantee Commercial Title. Guarantee offers a new platform for the delivery of services based on the expertise and ingenuity of a visionary team of title professionals that identifies obstacles and creates solutions that result in successful sale, construction, or financing of commercial real estate. To learn more, visit guaranteedtitle.net. Bell Bank executive Tony Wyke has spent a quarter of a century in the mortgage business, and he doesn't plan to leave anytime soon. A graduate of Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, Wyke joined Bell in 2004. In 2013, after a stint as underwriting manager, he was named executive leader of Bell Bank Mortgage. Wyke has twice been named to the Minnesota 500 list of the state's top business leaders, according to his company bio. In his current role, he is responsible for overall residential mortgage functions at Bell, which has about $10 billion in assets and main offices in Fargo, Minneapolis, and Phoenix. Given his years of experience, Wyke is a go-to source of information about industry trends. In the following interview, he talks about what 2022 might have in store for interest rates, housing inventory, new home construction, and more. Well, I'm pleased to be joined by Tony Wyke, leader of Bell Bank's mortgage division. Um, Tony, thanks for thanks for joining us today. Um, really appreciate it. How, how have you been? Uh, doing well. It's uh, about 15 below here where I'm at today right now, so I'm trying to stay warm. Yeah, you and everybody else. Um, glad uh, the the home office looks kind of good today. So. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Tony, uh, wonder if you could just briefly introduce yourself and talk a little bit about, uh, how long you've been in, involved in the mortgage industry and, um, your role with Bell Bank. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm the president and I oversee the mortgage division within Bell Bank and Bell Bank is headquartered out of Fargo, North Dakota. Um, we're about a $10 billion asset. Um, a size organization and with uh, retail banking locations uh, around our home office and in that general area, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Duluth, Minnesota, uh, and the Phoenix Metro. Uh, with our mortgage division, we are spread across a larger swath of the country, including uh, central United States and to the, the Southeast as well. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, so been with the, the been with the, um, entity for uh, over 10 years, been in mortgage industry, uh, 25 plus years. So uh, uh, once you're in this business, uh, typically uh, you never get out. So uh, lifelong, like a lot of other people around me. Well, good for you. And I know that in your role, you keep a close eye on um, the economy, interest rates, housing inventory, um, 
all those things. Um, so just kind of considering where we are now, almost two years into the pandemic, um, lots of talk in the news, of course, about inflation and, and things like that. But I think overall, the um, economy is looking pretty good in terms of jobs and, and things of that nature. But where would you say, um, what what is your assessment of where we stand right now in the local mortgage industry? Um, given that backdrop, are you um, optimistic as we uh, head into the new year? Yeah, well, we're we're definitely in the midst of change. Um, and after an extended period of time here for the last year and a half of um, being at record lows or setting record lows or being near record lows, and of course, the influx of volume uh, that, that occurred with uh, the heavy refinance push, as well as the purchase markets were extremely strong, uh, especially in uh, 2021 as well. Um, over the last uh, 90 days, uh, or even you could make the argument over the last 45 days, uh, since the beginning of the year, there's been a dramatic shift in interest rate, which has really been um, not completely unexpected. Uh, but of course, when this happens, it's it's always a bit of a shocker, uh, and, and it always happens faster than than I, I think people anticipate. Um, the central bank, uh, the Fed, has made uh, obviously a a definitely change in direction, uh, and has communicated that to the marketplaces, not only to um, pull back on the the amount of uh, buying they're due in the MBS market and the in the general treasury market, but the 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 comments related to shrinking the balance sheet, um, it, I think caught some people by surprise. And and as I talk to our capital markets and our investment group, that's probably the piece that has spurred on this um, pretty significant activity in, in the last recent uh, few weeks here, uh, driving interest rates to to where they are. Um, in terms of uh, heading into this year, uh, for the the various um, groups that we look at and, and converse with, and, and trying to judge what what to expect moving forward, um, the we do have a sense of optimism, um, especially re- related to the purchase market. We all knew that refinance activity would be slowing uh, eventually, and and of course, as you look at the MBS expectations um, or the MBA expectations, I should say. Uh, and, and other um, prognosticators out there, um, you know, it's going to be a very dramatic uh, change in, in activity and volume as those refinances uh, dry up. For us, uh, we've always been a little bit more focused on purchase activity, uh, generally run um, about 20% higher than the national averages with our purchase to refi uh, percentages. And, and that has shown through over the last couple of years. And so as we look at heading into a purchase environment, you know, we we see that as an opportunity for us, coupled with some expansion opportunities we're looking at. It's tough to remember um, when we all have uh, interest rates in the the two percent range in our heads. That uh, forecasting out even through the 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 entire calendar year of 2022, um, we're still talking more than likely high three four percent, low four percent range even by the end of the year. Traditionally speaking, that's a really strong interest rate and drives great affordability, but it is a significant change of where we're at. Um, we believe that every time you start to go through these um, upward trending cycles, every quarter in rate, every half in rate uh, will cause a bit of a pause and allow the industry, the marketplace, the consumers to catch their breath a little bit to, to say, hey, um, to remind themselves that. 3.75 or three and a half or 4% uh, 
um, is not that bad and also uh, the new norm, so to speak, uh, before ramping back up. So that's kind of our, our outlook on it. We, uh, like the rest of the industry, are expecting um, a pullback across the board. But at the same point, um, we, have, um, we think it's going to turn into a really strong market based on uh, the purchase activity that, that the industry will continue to see. Yeah, you mentioned those interest rates, and I think we've been spoiled with 2%, 3%, whatever. If you think back to, I'm old enough to remember the late 70s and double-digit mortgage rates and things like that. So by historical standards, it's still pretty good when you're even talking 4%, right? No, oh, without question. And um, and I think the markets will adjust appropriately, uh, especially the purchase markets. Um, you know, people need to buy homes. Uh, there's that even going pre-COVID, um, the industry was struggling with uh, affordability to a certain level, as well as uh, inventory constraints in, in many, many markets, especially in the, the more affordable uh, levels of the marketplace. So um, the that was only exacerbated and uh, in, in all of those aspects over the last year and a half. Um, you know, there, there's, there, that's a one silver lining that likely, uh, or that can, that may occur here is that this uh, feverish pace of um, uh, activity that's been taking place uh, with the, the stories of 20, 30, 40 offers made on, on a single listing within 48 hours um, in, in many markets across the country uh, starting, and we've seen a slowdown or a more balancing of that um, already start to occur. But usually to catch up on inventory levels, historically speaking, anyway, it takes a long time. You know, you not only have to meet the demand of the current pace, but you have to you have to over uh, over meet that demand, of course. And, um, you know, it, it's it's believed that the, the, the purchase pace will continue to be pretty strong. But, you know, there's uh, there's some signs, some positive signs that that might be starting to get more into balance uh, compared to where we've been over the last two years. Yeah, well, talking about inventory, um, I think it's no secret that uh, we could use more new construction. Uh, there, with new construction is surprisingly strong um, in the past couple of years, actually, from uh, based on my my reading of the market. Do you have any uh, sense of where we're going in terms of construction of new homes in the coming year? Yeah, you know, we quite uh, honestly, we think um, we think it's going to be very strong. And and one level with the um, with the cost of supplies, the lack of labor continue to be major struggles in that uh, in that environment. We do um, a lot of construction lending uh, as a bank, as well as um, as a mortgage entity. Um, so we we talk with our builders a lot and and, and get a vibe and, and watch the national sentiment sentiment um, aspects as well. And, um, you know, there's, there seems to be, uh, uh, the builders are figuring out ways to still be able to provide a quality home. Um, and in certain aspects, uh, even from a national standpoint, or even um, we've seen with smaller builders too, focusing on more affordability, uh, because they see the opportunities too. Uh, there is this constant lack of supply. Um, and depending on who you listen to and, and what articles you read, um, some people believe this is a decade long where we have not had enough new construction taking place and it's all ramped up into um, the significant supply and demand issues we're dealing with. So, it, you know, we do believe that 
Um, new construction will continue to be very strong. I don't think um, it's going to go gangbusters uh, because of the um, the supply chain issues as well as the cost of materials and and, and most importantly uh, the lack of labor. You know that that's the as I have conversations with different uh, relationships across the industry. That one is the the biggest piece that has is really limiting um, the production levels of of a lot of our builder partners. Um, so the, you know, but I, I think even with all that considered, um, we'll continue to see uh, strong growth there uh, across the country. Yeah, and affordability is another theme I keep hearing over and over again from the builders. They they uh, it's really tough to build that affordable new home and um what mm-hmm. any thoughts on that from from where you stand it, it, without question and and you can make the argument it's on every home so when you when you look at high teens or you know in certain markets 30 percent year over year price increases um when you when you talk about austin texas or or phoenix arizona um but uh, na- at a national level, to be nearly 20 percent, and 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 a year ago, um, you know, it was still uh, very strong. It was 10 percent um, on a national level, or darn near uh, two years ago too. So we've seen rapid increase across the board, and, and new construction even being more. Um, you know, the 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 opportunity has been there for a lot of the the new construction industry to um, meet the market demand at these higher price ranges too. So I think that plays into it. And as that market may tighten up a little bit, as uh, rates start to increase and um, uh, a little bit uh, a softer environment uh, up that when you start to get closer to that seven figure type of new home construction, um, there's a belief that that will drive some of the new construction players, uh, some of the builders back into uh, a little bit down the, the, the steps a little bit in terms of the cost ranges. Um, because it'll be better opportunity as as rates start to increase, it'll be tough for them to juggle uh, the the cost of lumber, the cost of materials in general, the cost of labor, and where they're at. But uh, a very resilient group that's been through a lot of ups and downs, uh, and um, so I think the industry will figure it out uh, to to try and meet the demand. Um, the other piece that comes in is multifamily, of course. Um, mm-hmm you know, apartments and, and condos of that nature. Um, you know, that it, uh, we've, we've started to see in some of our markets, a little bit of a, a, a pickup in activity in those areas again, too. Um, uh, with, with where the world is at and the comfortability with COVID um, and the pandemic, of course, um, really put a lot of those multifamily uh, uh, projects completely on hold, if not um, uh, you know, completely stopped two years ago. Um, as the world starts to move forward and get a little bit more back to normal, um, uh, the the attractiveness of, because of the affordability of those multifamily units seems to be um, getting a little bit more uh, comfortable compared to where it was a year ago too. And that will help dramatically with affordability issues uh, that we're all trying to overcome. Mm-hmm. Well, what what do you think is the biggest thing that's keeping people awake at night in the mortgage mortgage industry? Uh, you mentioned the pandemic, and just when it seems like we're getting over the hump, you know, here comes another variant or whatever, and um, it seems like there's there's still a ways to go there before 
we get back to some semblance of normality. Um, mm-hmm. what, what, what are your thoughts on that? What are the biggest, uh, I guess, barriers um, that the, the, the biggest uh, issues that uh, keep you awake at night? You know, it, it's the, the next couple of years, uh, I think every, everybody looks at and, and expects to see a, an extremely competitive environment. Um, as, as organizations ramped up over the past few years, and now it's a shrinking pie, you know, and this is not the first time anyone that's been in this industry, uh, for a few years has seen this. Um, so it, it traditionally, it, it becomes a knife fight for a while here, um, both in credit availability, interest rate margins, uh, cost controls, all of those things, um, come into play and every organization, um, will, um, you know, make the best moves that they see for themselves to, to continue to provide a great place to work, great services to their clients and all the tools and, and, and products that their sales staff and, and operation needs. Um, it, it will be a challenge though. Um, y- you know, there's without question, there is a oversupply in, um, um, of capacity uh, in the industry that is exists today. And it, it, it is expected to only probably get worse over the next handful of months and, and companies will, will adjust um, and either try to grow in different ways um, or will try to shrink in different ways. And um, each company will have to make their own decision of that. Um, the cost to produce uh, everything continues to increase the rise uh, uh, cost more. Um, inflation is everywhere, of course. And that is not um, uh, the mortgage industry and the mortgage production world is not um, uh, immune to that either. And so um, it's been a trend that's been happening for many, many years and um, we'll continue to see it um, uh, be an issue that everyone has to, uh, to deal with moving forward. So, um, and then the last thing is just technology and in the evolving consu- consumer how they use technology, their comfortability with um, with operating in a face-to-face environment from not only your consumers, but your referral relationships. Um, that's yet to be seen on, on where um, that will all balance out. Um, historically, we've been a very, you know, a, a belly-to-belly relationship type company um, to a certain aspect, um, even using technology uh, in a variety of ways, but still building relationships and rapport it's not impossible to do that, uh, of course, without uh, physical interaction um, in terms of meeting people. Um, but it's a different way of, of mode of operation than I think a lot of people in this industry have been able to deal with or work with in the past. Now, um, we were put to the test on that. Everyone was over the last 18 months, of course, to an extreme. Um, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, it's figuring out new ways to, to really drive that relationship with your consumer with your referral relationships, with your builder partners um, in a variety of ways. We feel really optimistic of, uh, of being able to do that in a variety of different ways. And, and um, each company will have to try and work through that on their own too. Absolutely. Well, some great insights there, Tony. Uh, any other parting thoughts before I let you go? Um, you've been generous with your time and don't want to keep you too long, but uh, any, any uh, thing you want to leave with us before we, uh, before we let you go today. Yeah, I appreciate the time and, and the opportunity to talk with you. And, um, you know, this industry is a resilient one. And as you mentioned, interest rates in the double digits years ago. Um, so uh, it, it can be 
daunting to to um, uh, to look at a rising interest rate environment, the impact that will have on on your employees and and your staff and and the communities around you. But um, honestly, I think where especially in the next couple of years, even though we might be dealing with a slight increase in rates, I think the the purchase environment will um, the market will figure it out and and get to a comfortability and we'll still be in a very very strong environment and an attractive interest rate environment for an extended period of time here. So um, we feel good about where things are today and where things are going. And and at the end of the day, um, you know, the pandemic and, and getting past uh, these uh, these issues across the country are uh, continue to be a huge deal that um, we all just have to be smart and uh, make sure we're making the right decisions for all our staff and our consumers. So um, I appreciate the time and uh, yeah, wishing you a great day. Great. And uh, you as well. And uh, we'll see what happens in the coming year. It'll it'll be interesting. Always is. (laughs) Thanks again for your time, Tony. Take care. Take care.